Welcome, everybody. Let me start off by saying season's greetings and a happy new year. It is 2019, and this is our first episode of The Grind Path to Poe pro podcast uh, as usual i have some amazing guests with me today very special episode we're focusing on the caster path to pro so i'm going to start off with my usual ritual i'm going to ask each of our guests who are you and why should we care so ham tornado let's start with you who are you and oh are right you? off the yeah. bat so oh, start thank, with you. thank you for poorly thank you for but we'll take it hi guys uh, i'm a I'm Hammy T, Ham Tornado, and uh, I'm a color caster for NA Contenders. I'm part of the Boop NATO duo. Uh, yeah, so I, I yell over video games, and you should care because if you if you want delicious Overwatch casting, this is the uh, premier meat weather-based phenomenon version. So you definitely want to tune in. Nice. Well, speaking of Boop NATO, Boop, who are you? Why do we care? I am, uh, as you said, I am a Boopasaurus. I'm a play-by-play -play caster with Ham on a North American Contenders. I got my start a while ago at the Boop of the Week on Contender Season Zero, if you guys remember that. Uh, uh, and, you know, went through the process of learning how to be a caster and, you know, doing the grind and <laughs> the name of the podcast. Hey. And then um, and uh, ended up on North American Contenders with uh, Ham. Nice. Next up, we have Pixie. Who are you? Why do we care? I like how you say ended up like it's just an accident. Um, <laughs> no, I, uh, I'm Pixie. Um, I cast Pacific Contenders. I live uh, in the anus of the world, and I have an opinion on literally everything to make up for the fact that I'm not very interesting. Wow. Hey, that's how you get hired. <laughs> well, hopefully that'll keep the podcast super interesting. Finally, we have Tonello. Who are you? Why do we care? Yeah, hello. Uh, I am Tonello. I am a caster for a South American contenders, Overwatch for sure. And I don't really know why you should care because I think it's uh, I have this lack of words in my mind because of my low level of English. But anyways, if you were ever interested in South American teams, you should care because I know them a lot. Yeah. Nice. Uh, I think that you're awesome. You've helped BGG a hell of a lot. So I've never met you personally, oh, you. but I think you're pretty cool. <laughs> Let's jump straight into it. So I'm going to start off, uh, as you guys know, the format is I do a very short interview with each of our guests, just asking them a little bit about their background, and then we're going to jump straight into our topic. So let's start off with Ham and Boop. I started with you guys in the beginning, so we'll just carry on with that trend. So um, I know that you guys are somewhat intertwined in your, your casting journey, especially now that you're in North America. Has it always been like that? How did you each start out, and then how did you find each other? Um, why don't I start? Since I started a little earlier uh, than Ham did, and we'll we'll talk about our meeting and melding of hearts. Um, and so, uh, like I said, so I started casting Hearthstone about uh, three to four years ago uh, because someone didn't show up at a LAN and they needed a replacement, and my husband nominated <laughs> wow. me. Yeah, he was like, "This guy wants to cast," because we had talked about it, right? And in order to actually do it, I think that was like the trigger that needed to be pulled. And so I ended up subbing in for this guy, the guy who owned the LAN center, really liked me, and then had me do a couple other Hearthstone tournaments. And then Overwatch came out. And then once Overwatch came out, he's like, hey, man, uh, let's have you cast that. And then I casted for them once or twice, managed their team for like a week. Well, because back then Overwatch teams lasted, even today, that lasted like a week. And then um, after that, I started working with Carbon um, Entertainment. Uh, so this land center gave me uh, a contact Carbon, who ended up running OCS, the Carbon series, in Contender Season Zero. And so that was like my first like real taste of you know, real good production, like going to a studio. And through Carbon is where I met Ham when we did Wawa's boot camp together through the introduction of Left Guy. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Boop, Boop has been like, has had like all 10 toes in esports for ages. I'm kind of more of the newcomer of the of the duo, but I started casting, uh, you know, a little over a year ago, actually. And um, Overwatch is my first game. So it's actually my first esport, just period. Um, but it, uh, good video game choice. And uh, I, I started out just like casting in my basement. Like I didn't know anybody. I didn't know, I didn't know BGG. <laughs> And, um, and I was literally just like watching VODs and then like pausing it, rewinding it back and then like saying the exact same thing again over the VOD. It, um, wow. But after that, you kind of get into the groove. I was like, there, there were back then, like, you know, BGG was a lot smaller than it is now. Um, and I was just, I would just like cold call essentially teams and be like, hey, can I cast your scrims? And then, um, but then we heard about, heard about BGG, joined up, uh, helped develop like scrim nights, which is one of our main offerings now. And uh, we moved all the way into casting open division. I remember like the first season of open div, we only cast like semifinals and finals. And we almost didn't cast finals because Moosh fell asleep because we had like 45 minutes of sleep between like, the four of us that were organizing this and he fell asleep and couldn't hear his phone so he almost didn't cast grand finals but then he got up he was like oh i'm up and <laughs> that went forward and then it's kind of just uh, taken off from there and uh, uh in february or so got the chance to cast with booth at wawa's boot camp uh the amateur rising and uh and it was just an instant it was like when you <clears throat> get like two really strong magnets and you're not supposed to like touch them together because once they're touched they're never going to like they're only going to separate with very 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 great difficulty that was like us yeah that's kind of adorable i'm not gonna lie and you guys you guys have always been really cute though whenever we do the um the open division games you're always in the same room and it sometimes causes <laughs> havoc <laughs> like how did how did that come about do you guys just happen to live in the same area how does yeah colorado has a weirdly high amount of people involved in esports in my <laughs> opinion like monty's from colorado a lot of people love being in colorado and the two of us happen to be from colorado as well uh, and so she lives about an hour and a half away. So I have um, uh, I have a house here in Boulder. And so she comes up here whenever we had broadcast days and we just hang out. That's like a big thing. We're also like really, really good friends. And it's really funny when Twitch chat thinks we're married. That's really funny. <laughs> um, uh, and so, but, uh, uh, but like the, but we're like really good friends. We watch Overwatch all the time. That definitely comes into our casting when we do uh, cast professionally. And you guys have never, like, since you guys found each other, you haven't really like, um experimented with other people not in a marriage sense obviously <laughs> well you know like you got you got to keep the the casting marriage fresh so hey. you know just like go around and browse not well not really i don't think you i don't think you needed to cast with other people like anytime we've had other partners or uh you know flex to like different roles or stuff like i actually really enjoy doing play-by-play -play. i did it uh with one of jane's tournaments of all things right it was just super fun to kind of like break out of the norm but but yeah i mean boop said it and i was like super flattered because i remember when i first met boop i was like so intimidated by how funny he was i like, can't Aww. possibly be as funny as boop right but uh <laughs> yeah he was like oh it was like meeting my husband right like Aww. we just instantly really liked each other and uh and i don't i don't think we really needed to to look beyond right i'm gonna cry for sure that's so cute man i i had i had something that i felt was like that with um with a caster and then one day he he started casting with another caster so <gasps> and, oh my god yeah. jason <laughs> <laughs> yeah we know who that is <laughs> that's you sir uh anyway let's <laughs> that that is a cute story i would like to hear uh pixie what about you how did you get into casting um 
I started in League of Legends. Uh, I got involved. Uh, there was a, a really random organization in America uh, called DWI. stands for Don't Worry About It. I'm pretty sure it doesn't <laughs> exist anymore. Someone's looking it up right now. I can hear that. Um, <laughs> Um, and I just like I like dropped in one day, and the the guy running it was like, by the way, with the OC server launching, I'm looking to expand over there. It's like if you know anyone, let me know. And I like reached out. I was like, yeah, I I'm like there. I could maybe help get involved. He's like, congratulations, you are now head of OCE. I'm like, wow. <laughs> and uh, I I ran on a Friday night their sort of their kind of like flagship event, which was uh, like a drafting thing. You'd have people of mixed elos in the teams so that was relatively balanced. Anyone could turn up and play. And part of the gimmick of this was that it was streamed and casted. And for the very first one, I was like, well, guess I'll just cast it myself. Um, and I suppose similar to Boop, right? Like this, I think this is how it happens for pretty much any caster. Like when you actually have done just any actual broadcast, like someone hears it and they're like, Hey, do you want to do this one as well? And it just kind of snowballs from there. And then suddenly someone asks you to go on contenders by complete accident. By accident. <laughs> oh pixie, shit. We didn't mean pixie. We meant that other pixie, yeah. the League of Legends like, guy. Oh, the guy oh, with the yeah. pixie cast handle on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Your delivery is some of the best I know, man. I'm not intimidated by how funny Boop is. I'm just saying that. <laughs> you, you have that magic, man. I, I don't have that shield around my I'm heart. starting to get intimidated. I think, I, I think like, this is by your own place. hilarity. <laughs> oh, this is going personal yeah. for sure. This is going personal. Right? <laughs> so now you're doing PAC, and uh, I don't actually know how many seasons have you been involved? overwatch specifically um i've been in overwatch from the start uh it was uh it all kind of happened at the right time um overwatch launched and right around that same time the work kind of dried up over here for league of legends like it, it only just started being paid work in the first place i'd done like two paid gigs total um and there was just there was just no trajectory for it. I wasn't really able to get in with Riot OCE because they're based out of Sydney. I'm in Auckland, and for some reason, people think that those are closer than they are. Uh, like <laughs> it's 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 like a four hour flight, so Americans are like what? <laughs> it's just one side <laughs> of Texas to the other. But it, it is somewhat significant here. Like it's a completely different country. Uh, it wasn't feasible for me to move at the time. Um, I technically got on OCS, which is their uh, equivalent of you know what Contenders is to Overwatch League. It's that it's literally Oceanic Challenger series, uh, but I couldn't even do that broadcast because it would have been remote. It just wasn't going to work, uh, and everything just kind of dried up. I ended up wanting to pick up Overwatch anyway, and then also got uh, offered a, a tournament doing Overwatch unpaid. It was just a, a small scale thing at the time, um, and work continued existing for Overwatch and not in League of Legends. So uh, I've just sort of naturally ended up fully transitioning to Overwatch um and it's it's been great so i've been sort of involved in pacific for a while about february 2017 i was involved in a tournament the oceanic summer series there was a lot of pressure to open it up to southeast asian teams and the organizers eventually did so they had three well maybe three or four qualifiers for all the australian new zealand teams and then also one for southeast asian teams there wasn't as many in total but that was kind of our first exposure to like the wider region and then we had a team out from here at the time called fusion girls now more known as blank 
who started playing in the Pacific region. They started playing expressly overseas in Southeast Asian tournaments. Um, then OPC came around. I ended up involved in that, and it's just kind of stayed there. So I've kind of got two home regions in a sense because I've been casting packs since its beginning as like a major um, competitive region. And also I kind of belong to the OCE region as a whole, which in contenders terms is just listed as AU. And uh, we're going to move straight along. Uh, we did hear from our resident hobbit about his rise to casting fame. So uh, now we're going to move on to, <laughs> to Taylor. Hey, we can use that word. You can't use that word. No. <laughs> How could you? How could you? Watch, watch, watch. Just like this. Just like this. Hobbit. Anyway, <laughs> Tanello, tell us a little bit about how you became a caster and how you got to SA Contenders. Sure. Uh, it, it was actually out of nowhere. I was just uh, in college and I wanted to be, you know, among my friends who played Dota, but I played League of Legends at the time. It was like 2014, I believe. It wasn't that long ago. And, uh, <clears throat> and then I started trying to be among them, but I was so bad at Dota too. I've never been good at MOBAs at, at all. So I was like, what can I do to be with you? What, what can I do to interact with you? And then I started streaming some games because my PC was kind of good and it's still the same PC, but uh, it was <laughs> enough, you know, to, to stream. And I started streaming and then I, and then I started casting. I, I didn't really have any technique, like anything uh, uh, in terms of theory of casting. I was just shouting and losing my voice every day, but uh, it was cool. It was good. It was fun at least, you know. Many people are like, man, this won't take you anywhere because we are in South America, so just wake up. But I was kind of a believer, you know. And uh, I started just studying and, and, and getting better and, and better and, you know, improving a lot. And then I started casting League of Legends, some amateur tournaments, and uh, nothing paid, like Pixie said. It, it's kind of, or at least here in South America, it is kind of hard to start being paid, like getting paid for anything you do in esports right at, in the beginning of it. But then uh, I started just going on and suggestions Overwatch came out in Visage, which uh, who works with me right now on containers. He was like, man, we have to cast this game. We really have to. And I was like, what is it about? He said me like, uh, it's, it's, it's a Blizzard game. It's a new Blizzard game. And it's, it looks like Team Fortress or something. So we should be, <laughs> we should be headed for it because it, it's going to be good. It's going to be great. It was like in 2016. And then we started studying the game and actually... It's kind of funny because I didn't really have a copy of the game until one month after its launch. So what, what we would do was like he would cast and stream the game and play by play cast it because I, I used to be the, the League of Legends play by play caster and he used to be the, the color caster. But then we had to change because I didn't have a copy of the game or I didn't have a key <laughs> to the beta phase. So he would stream it and share it with me through Skype and then I would color cast it through Skype, you know. It was that hard for us, but eventually we we just managed to to, to make it work, and uh, we went on doing some tournaments and uh, just interacting with the community. And you know, we never gave up actually, because a lot of other casting duels just gave up Overwatch in the beginning when it started getting a little bit harder. When Blizzard uh, still didn't really have announced anything, so we're like, man. Is this going to happen or is this not going to happen? And we just took to Overwatch and uh, continued growing up in it and, and making content and just bringing people together and trying to help teams. You know, uh, as Pixie said, it's kind of, I don't know if it was Pixie or, or Boop anyways, but uh, someone said that teams tend to not last long, right? 
and <laughs> here in South America, that was the case too. We were uh, not with really long-lasting teams, and then me and Seth were like, "No, man, please just keep together and just do this and just do that. Try to change it, and try to go on Twitter and try to be a little more social with people." So we, along with the, the community, were like <clears throat> kind of mentors to people in, in some way, and uh, everything worked well. Blizzard really uh, set its foot here, and then contenders started and we were called so we are now living out of it we're just living to cast we live in sao paulo which is not the capital city but it's the it is the the, the largest city of brazil so we pretty much live in one of the largest cities in the world because of casting and it is extremely rare and difficult to do it in, in south america so we feel very happy and like uh, very blessed and now we we really want to go on with Overwatch. I mean, I don't know if Overwatch League is coming to Brazil in, in terms of a Portuguese broadcast or, or a Spanish broadcast in, in, in Duo because everything happens uh, in Duo here. We don't really have only Portuguese or only Spanish. We have to have both because it's South American, so a lot of Spanish speakers out there. But uh, <clears throat> we're really looking forward to, to continuing with Overwatch. And for sure, I say we because I've been working with him for a long time, but uh, I mean... I am really looking forward to continue with Overwatch as well. <laughs> Got a That's joke a for you, Tonello. Oh, boy. What's... Oh, sorry. Uh, sorry yeah, no, no. Got a, I've got a, a, a... What's a Brazilian commentator's favorite Overwatch comp? Oh. Goats! Oh. Oh. Why, man? This is, man. This is not how it works. <laughs> Collective growth. Thank you. <laughs> Okay, oh, hopefully man. you watch I mean, we are, week. We are, that is, we are that is basically, I've guys. never watched your broadcast, I'm sorry, but that's kind of how I imagine it going down. Uh, absolutely <laughs> you know, not. You know, it's, it's, it's kind of funny because uh, we have some teams here in Brazil, that, or at least in South America, that they were like, man, we're not going to play GOATs. We have the skill not to play GOATs. You know, like base Red Hearts, which were the Brazilian South, uh, Brazilian South America, what the hell, Brazilian... Uh, <laughs> World Cup team, they were like, Brazil man, I, I don't really want to play. Yeah, Brazil Gaming House yeah, before, right. now they're called Base Tryhards. And uh, they're like, man, we, we're not into GOATs. We do not want to play GOATs at all. And they didn't. And they actually won. But yeah. now they are, yeah, a lot of them were. But uh, now they're like being forced into playing GOATs because it's playoff. Mm -hmm. And uh, people are like, man, we have to do what we have to do. But uh, some time ago, they were like, we're not playing GOATs. And they didn't play GOATs. And still, they are unbeatable, unbeated. Uh, so they didn't lose anything till now. So yeah. they're gods, yeah. <laughs> they're gods. <laughs> it's actually Basically. true though. South America is one of the regions that is that I have seen the least amount of goats in. It's been a lot of fun to watch and be a part of. I think that's one we've, of the reasons. We've been um, we've been kind of blessed with that as well. We're kind of blessed with a region that that does not see anywhere near as much goats as anyone else. Like we still see a bit of it, but I mean. I think I've seen more like genuinely I've seen like a bunch of like triple DPS versus quad DPS, which is just a trip, <laughs> honestly. Welcome to the future, man. You see, I, know. Yeah. I don't know what you we're talking about the patch, but like that's the thing. I'm just like, I'm just out here like this is just me casting from the future, all y'all. Anyway. Yeah, pretty I'll much. I'll go into more of it later on, I'm sure. You're like the most in the future person on this podcast. Fun fact, guys, it's already tomorrow for him. So he knows it's what's coming. 6.30, 6.30 in the morning. These guys, while we were doing soundcheck, they've been watching the sunrise behind me. <laughs> behind your Christmas tree. Yeah, behind, behind your Christmas <laughs> <behind your laughs> <your laughs> <your laughs> tree. <laughs> nice.
right. So I love that though. I love that you all have different but equally impassioned stories about how you managed to get into casting. It's really exciting to see. And I think I'm going to jump straight into, I know the, the topic order, actually this is in the topic order, my order is wrong. Um, <laughs> I'm going to jump straight into what it takes to be a caster. So obviously all of these questions are pretty open. You guys can answer as and when you see fit. Uh, you can argue as much as you want. Uh, I'd actually like to see a lot of arguing because I, I like to spectate. Um, <laughs> I like yeah, to referee. Yeah, sure. Stir the pot. <laughs> well, let me tell you about Rasputin. I was also saying the most important piece of casting is good comedic timing. <laughs> hey. <laughs> hey. I really um, thought there was going to be something after that, and then there wasn't, and I was like, oh, that was like, okay. <laughs> yeah. start off i think um i think what we'll all say for sure is all all of us have grinded our asses off uh you know we've we've done tournaments for three people we've done tournaments for ten thousand people right and we tried yeah. just as hard for both of those tournaments and if you're not yeah. hitting max every single time you cast and you're pushing yourself you're never going to get better and so i think like as a caster to to phone it in is when you start taking steps back right and you should constantly be working to improve and get better no matter how many eyes are on you because that's not why we do this right we do this yeah. because yeah. i thought i love this right i didn't want to use my one f word for this um and so like <laughs> one and a half. Um, one and i know half. i got my hat but like yeah. i i just like really want to make sure that everyone knows that this is hard this is not yeah. an easy lifestyle mm. and the reason why we're here is yeah, we, we grinded, we got better, we were prepared for that timing, but there were also a lot of other people who didn't. And uh, if you want to be successful, you got to be one of those people that do, right? And yeah. uh, you just got to grind it out. And yeah. you get there, you can't teach passion, but you can learn skills, right? So if you're not passionate about it at first, I don't really think that you deserve to be here. That well, is, that's that one of the kind of things I wrote down right? here. Oops, <laughs> yeah, go, you don't want to fight me on this one. Thank you. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think I think um, like all technical skills of casting aside, the most important thing is, uh, as we've kind of put it, just determination out the ass. Um, if you are watching this right now and you are considering casting, first of all, start, stop considering it. Second mm, yep. of all, um, I, I feel kind of mean saying this uh, because I'll be honest, if someone had told me this from the outset, I probably would have gone, <laughs> fuck that, there's my one. Um, <laughs> I would have, I, that's what I would have said. I can't say it twice. I would have said F that. And, um, <laughs> like, I'm, uh, but like, you're going to do it for like a good two, three, maybe even more years, uh, before anyone even considers paying you. Um, and even then, maybe not even in the first pay you might get is like, yeah, we'll cover your parking and dinner. Um, <laughs> and look, that's just the nature of the beast, right? Like you're going to do this around. I mean, even, even now I'm still doing this around a part-time job, right? Like it on the whole, it beats flipping burgers, but you are going to be flipping burgers for a long, long time. And you're going to have to love it. You're going to like, uh, I, I used to, um, in fact, this, even during, um, OPC, I would work, um, Monday night, Tuesday night, then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, daytime. Then on Friday, I would go home, sleep for four hours, get up for OPC, and then do that for three days. Um, uh, actually, four days. I'd do, yeah, three or four days, depending on what week it was. 
and then go and work Monday night. And that was, you know, the same kind of unsociable hours that I'm doing now. I did not have a day off at all. Mm-hmm. And that was as recent as, uh, you know, 2017. Uh, that's just the nature of the beast, man. Uh, it is tough. Um, I think there is a, a genuine amount of merit in the argument. Like, yeah, you got to be good, but honestly, sometimes you can get gigs just by being the last person there. I think, uh, Tonello, you kind of touched a bit on this when you were introducing yourself, like people just kind of gave up in your region. I was a similar thing. I'm in a small region. There wasn't much work. People just kind of gave up. They're like, yeah, so, you know, I, even if I love it, I just can't stick it out. So if you want it to be you, you have to be the one that sticks it out. You've got to be the last guy sitting in the yes. waiting room. Yeah, for it's, sure. And actually, sprint, I think, right? Yeah, most yeah. people can't yes. handle that. Yes, and also one thing very important. I think that uh, you said we have to do this for like two or three years without getting paid, or yeah, quite or not more. getting paid, but more. Uh, but I think that one thing definitely that, uh, more actually, <laughs> for sure. I think timing. one thing that 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 uh, we have to, to tell as well is that during that time you create a network right and that's very important as well because you can be the best caster in the world and we have some some occasions and some situations where great casters are not really employed at like on on the best tournaments because of maybe their network or something that i don't know Mm. what could be but networking in this in this job is is like essential for sure because yeah uh, i I don't like the idea of getting paid exposure but that is what it is right like there yeah. the exposure does actually mean something no one's yes, gonna hire you if they've it never does. heard you before you've I mean, got to have something yes. out there that's yes. like one of those things that you just have to accept that as a caster yeah. your biggest product is you right yes you don't get mm-hmm. to sign off right go into work clock in at the nine get out at the five right you have to be on all the time social media presence is a huge thing like you were saying to yeah. you're helping the teams you have to understand that like your product is not actually just your casting it's the content that you put out it's how you interact yes. with the community uh that's that's kind of like one of the great things that i love so much about broadcast gg is we help make that a little yeah. easier right like you have all mm-hmm. these resources these people that you can kind of go and pick their brains and you know more minds are always going to be stronger than you just kind of theory crafting in your basement um because yeah. that was that was where I was like too right you know you come in you have all these wacko hours and uh, and it really is the grind you everybody comes into it super hot thinking that I'm gonna make it in like the first three months and that's gonna be me I'm gonna be the trailblazer you know oh, something and, and yeah you can get a ton of work done off of that initial burst of energy and enthusiasm but it is gonna be like yo my internet so I'm at I'm at Katrina's house right now like loving uh, thank you, Katrina. Uh, shout outs. But back in back in Colorado, I live out in like the boonies and literally my internet speed is like 10 down, 1.3 up. It is Oof. impossible to stream, do anything there. You can barely play Overwatch. So one of the first, like the first tournament that I ever cast was with Leg Day, Leg, uh, from EU Contenders way back when we were both on that grind. And we would I would go to my friend's house, cast in his kitchen at one o'clock in the morning, mountain time. For six wow. hours, 17 days in a row for this yeah. Nexus Cup tournament. And uh and like God, it was one of the worst things I've ever done. But you get so many one, it's like this is kind of just what the grind is. Two, yo, I was casting like Marvel, Michelle, Nene, Ding, like before they ever hit like Korean contenders. Yeah. And and like trying to take that initiative is like what's going to be putting you ahead and then sticking with it is what's gonna help you cross the finish line. Yeah, I, I actually, that was that was one of the things I got out of OPC was like, I mean, that was a huge tournament, terrible hours, uh, and we were in um, a basement that used to be a nightclub. 
Like we were, it yeah. was it was just the most bumfuck oh. venue it could Did possibly. Did it still have like orange shag carpeting? <laughs> oh no, it was it was under construction while we were in it. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'm not I'm not trying to do like the yeah, well I did this kind of thing. Like I'm not trying to one up you or anything, but like I Walking I kind of call snow, that. No shoes on. Everyone and I call that tournament the hyperbaric time chamber of casting because wow. uh, that was during the tournament embargo. We were like the only region getting tournaments, and motherfucker, did we have a tournament? <laughs> we were cast like in that no seriously in that one chunk of time i think we casted more hours than we have over this entire year three seasons of contenders just for how much Jeez. fucking content it was and that was great it gave us a real head start on on figuring out how to cast overwatch yes mm -hmm. for sure but uh also i think that like all of you said all of you told us uh many stories of when you had to, to grind and, and everything like at the beginning but i think that there's a fine line that it do not have you cannot forget which is oh i'm not gonna do this anymore because i'm already here like i'm already a contender so i'm not gonna accept something some things anymore and i think mm -hmm. that to some point is correct but also that to some point might be a little bit dangerous once you get kind of lazy because oh, i'm already here you know so you're, I, you're I really, no I, work yeah yeah I, I really believe that you ha I still have to to keep that fire from the beginning within mm -hmm. you otherwise you're like you're gonna be uh i mean people are gonna get better than you just because we're kind of lazy or just because you thought it were something you were actually weren't so that's also important we we are in a position that it doesn't really matter if we say to someone like oh i've been casting for four years it's like it doesn't matter like okay you have experience you can you can uh, behave in front of a camera you can just say beautiful words but it doesn't actually really matter at least in in some positions because there might be someone that's been grinding more than you and then lose your job. i think it's like, good to assume that there is someone grinding more than you. exactly yeah. exactly yeah. you yeah, cannot yeah. just you cannot just assume that you're better than anyone uh you, you still have hungry. to grind you still have to uh, uh like treat yourself as you were in need of this basement tournament or in need of these uh more and early morning tournaments mm -hmm. to cast mm -hmm. and i think that's um, very actually if i well. Um, if if y'all might indulge me for a moment as well, because I think we've we have actually talked quite a bit here about uh, like the personality traits. I actually think that is like the rarer part of the whole equation, but I think it is also worth actually talking about some of the mechanical side of it. Um, I'm going to speak specifically yeah. to Overwatch because the reality is it's actually quite different for a lot of games. Uh, mm -hmm. I think Overwatch is probably like the hardest game you could choose to start in right now, but by all yeah. means do it. Like don't let that dissuade you. I mean. You know, if, if if we can do it, then anyone can, and I do mean that sincerely. Um, uh, your read of the game is very important. That's just being able to look at a screen and know what's going on, uh, who's oh, winning yeah. the fight, who's not. It's not just who came up with the kill feed, who's on low health. It is also those things. It's you know what else are coming up, where a team's positioned, and you just you've just got to like look at a screen and just pick all that up. Now, look, you'll get that in time as well. Like no one's going to have that from the outset. That is one of those things that comes with practice, but that's an important skill. Um, converting all of that um, into info, ideally yes. a coherent sentence. Um, some, you can't get away with an incoherent one, I'm not going to lie, but uh, in all seriousness, uh, like th there, is, there is a real speed of thought. I think this is um, another thing that not everyone just innately has. Um, you need a, a not terrible voice. I'm, I'm sorry, <laughs> yes. but if you sound like Pee Wee Herman, you do not have a career. <laughs> I, and like oh this, this God. is, and and no one, no one wants to 
be told that and no one's gonna say it like it, it's just one of those things it's way too brutal to just be like you just don't have a good voice sorry and you can have every other part of the skill set and not have a good voice and you still don't get a career tough nuts um mm -hmm. and then you've got to do all that and actually be entertaining you've got, got to actually be entertaining and worth listening to you you this is the core concept of all casting you must in some way shape or form enhance the viewing yes. experience right and that can that can mean a lot of things you could be funny you could be insightful you could be you know really excitable um you could have what i call like the, the best friend effect there are a lot of casters who actually follow this specific ethos they're like yeah like you know when you're watching an, a sports game and you don't know much about it but your mate does and he's like yeah and i'll see about that thing there you know when they do this they're trying to do this and they're just sitting next to you on the couch kind of explaining it to you and you're like oh yeah no, no, i see that now i see yes. that now mm -hmm, that is a sure. that is a thing that that casters mm -hmm. do like um kobe from league of legends i think is a great example he's like yeah i just wanted to seem like your friend who knows a bit more about the game than you sitting next to you on the couch helping you enjoy it more he's not like now let me break down this play here but that's also like a valid way of doing things that would be more how like monty used to do league of legends and by extension now does overwatch like core concept you must bring something to the viewing experience if they yes, can shut sure. your voice off and it'd be no different what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I think that's actually probably the harder part of the skill set or the technical skill set of a caster, right? Like a lot of you can like learn about the game, right? You read articles, uh, you brush up on your game yeah. knowledge and stuff, but it's really hard to you teach even learn how to use your voice follow, better, right? Like you, like how do you yeah. tell somebody to make a joke or like banter? That's a lot. Those are the soft skills that are a lot harder to like teach somebody and make seem organic. I would think that's probably kind of the bigger thing and, and absolutely agree with the, the friends on the couch. That's kind of the, the comment that Boop and I get a lot, like going all the way back is, is, you know, it's just like two guys who are two people who are like really excited about the game. And then vicariously, you also get to experience some of that excitement yes. because like the biggest thing, I mean, beyond all of that, just going to go that extra step further is like, you have to be memorable. Right. You sure maybe you're adding information to the cast or you're, you know, peppering in a joke here and there, but like you need to be a little bit distinct from all the other pairs going in. Otherwise, mm -hmm. you know, what's to keep somebody from getting one of the pairs that, uh, you know, has, is a little bit more established. And I think that's kind of one of the, well, that's, that's a lot more higher level up than yeah. just like, saying, oh, don't forget. The I, I dare else. say don't don't worry too much about your individual style from the outset for what it's worth like that is something that develops naturally over time um if anything it can be worth just straight up trying to emulate another caster because inevitably you're never actually going to emulate but never imitate time. right yeah. Yeah. Exactly. over time you will find something that makes you a bit more unique and also i've got to disagree with you ham i think you can be taught how to, i'm going to teach you uh, how to tell a funny joke right now it's a knock knock oh joke okay so you start it oh off okay you, you start. I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready, man. You, you, you start, start the joke. Off. You start no, the I, joke. I know. Okay. All right. Knock, knock. Who's there? Tammy Cheetah. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my, I love that joke. I love it, man. That's one of my favorites. So you actually did something there that I think um, we can actually bring back to the conversation. So um, uh, one thing that uh, even just like, so this is the first time I've talked to Pixie in, in general. Something that he does really well is he talks with intent right and one thing that i i know when we go over vod reviews of bgg something that i'm a broken record saying mm -hmm. when i 
right? Mm -hmm. For you other VODs is you have to speak with intent, right? Can't if you confirm. don't speak with that confidence, I'm never going to look at you like an expert, That's, right? Yeah, sure. And so, and so it's really important that when you deliver this information, it's coming from a place of confidence, right? It could be fake. That's fine. A lot of confidence is fake <laughs> confidence, right? But if you just start delivering your, your stuff with intent behind it, where it has a meeting, it's gonna go somewhere. That's a really great start when it comes to getting on the mic with anything. That's public speaking. That's casting. That's a, that's a lot of stuff. Sure, yeah. but right, guys, uh, you have to. Be, I, I you do, have to be, oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, I do kind of need to move this along a little bit. So yeah. that's kind of been, um, you know, where you can start in casting, how you can get started, and how you can, you know, grind it out. Why it's so difficult? Not difficult, but it's a lot of work to get into casting. What I really want to move on to now quickly, and I just want to remind everybody, uh, if you do have questions regarding that topic, please drop them in the chat. Uh, our guy SciFights, he's there. He's picking those questions up for you, and we will try and get to them at the end of the show. Let's just move on quickly. I hate to cut this topic off, but we are going to run out of time if I let you guys talk forever. Like, oh my God. Yeah, I, yeah. Picked, I picked four people that talk for a living. What have I done? All right. <laughs> Uh, so let's just move on to patch 1.3. And patch 1.3 is going to be quite exciting. Uh, we've already seen a little bit now that playoffs has begun. There's been a little bit of Ash play. Not too much in the other heroes that have had that buff. There's like a little bit of Mercy, a little bit of Roadhog. What do you guys think? Do you think that this, this trend will continue with having the new heroes, or not the new heroes, but the new hero and the buffs? And how do you think it's going to affect how playoffs is played uh, once we, I think we're in the second last week now. So there's still a little bit of time to go. So what impact do you think that these changes are going to be making? All right. Uh, <laughs> I started right. Oh, are you going to teach us how to I be analytical now? I'm ready. I'm ready. Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, um, well, here's what I will say, uh, because I, I, like I can only speak to my region in particular, and because we've been a, a sort of somewhat less goatsy region in the first place. Oh, I said goatsy in a sense. I know I've done oh, it. In a yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's fine. Goats-esque. Um, goats yeah, goats-esque. Thank you. Um, but what goats we are gonna see is gonna be fucking boring. Uh, I yep. I've, I think I've used like three now. I'm sorry, I've gone way over the legal limit, but whatever. Um, look, I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the stalwart defenders of like goats as the thinking man's game. Like genuinely, there is a lot of layers to goats. It is very interesting. It it, it is actually genuinely interesting to watch. Um, I I understand that a lot of people are sick of it because it's like anything. No matter how interesting it is, if you're only seeing goats, of course you're going to be bored of it. We're blessed with a region where we don't only see goats, so we're not bored of it in that same way also by the way i love that unlike dive and some previous metas in goats everything is just happening on the screen oh I yeah. just, isn't that just a beautiful like i don't have to like guess where the winston diva tracer and genji are i can actually just look and it's like oh look not in this game um but in all seriousness um um, in all seriousness, uh, the goats we are going to see, I think we've actually lost some layers of nuance. We've gained some other ones, but we've lost a lot of layers of nuance. One of the biggest factors in this is the Brigida change, the fact that you can't stun through Ryan Shields. Uh, it's changed how grab self-destruct combos can work. It's changed uh, every single layer of the Ryan Brig tech that had been developed over time. This is what, like my favorite thing to watch as more and more goats was getting played right you're trying to set up earth shatter 
So your brig goes in to stun out the Reinhardts, they drop their shields. So what do Reinhardts start doing? The moment the brig approaches, they spot the timing window, they drop the shield and earth shatter themselves as the brig is going to look for a stun, knowing that the other Reinhardt is about to wind up in earth shatter. They predict the other Reinhardt dropping the shield for their earth shatter, they sneak theirs in in advance, cancel out the other Reinhardt's earth shatter. So what do teams start doing then? Then the brig starts faking it out. They start trying to bait out that earth shatter. We go so many layers deep. That is beautiful. I love watching a, a game like that. And if you aren't on the cutting edge of that, if your team cannot play whatever the current tech there is, you will not keep up. That is mm -hmm. exciting to me. And, and people who complain about goats are obviously just not looking at that kind of stuff. That's now just not a factor at all. Oh, well. You can kind of set it up. It's not as reliable. It's a bit disappointing. Yeah. Uh, if if the, the Seoul-Guangzhou uh, show match is anything to go by, um, the Lucios appear to be trying to make a lot more plays using displacement on the right click, mm -hmm. sound wave. Yeah, once. And there's a bit of a trailblazer in that. I think a lot of Lucios would love to get way more aggressive as well. I know that there's a number of them over in AU that are like Frogger being one such example that like, they were like, yeah, I'll go right up in your face. I'll right click you out of here. I'll, <laughs> I'll set up the play guys. And, and I think that's going to be interesting. I think Lucio just being a very mobile and dynamic character can set things up in an interesting way, but it's not going to be the same nuanced tech because it's not as reliable as a brick stun. And I think we have I, I actually think... lost some entertaining layers to goats. I think we've made goats safer in a way. And also with Doomfist mm -hmm. being a bit nerfed as well, one of the other great displacement tools. And we saw a significant amount of Doomfist in our region. It's kind of oh, not there yeah. as well. I don't and think we we'll only see goats. Any. I really don't know. But <laughs> we saw tons, dude. We... Oh, so Doomfist but... game is strong here as well. Doomfist game is strong here as well. Yeah. Hell yeah. 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 Well, South America I has think... some of the best Doomfist in the world, to be completely yeah. honest. I mean, so... yeah. That I, I think the whole idea is like, yeah, goats are gonna be less consistent. Like you can't guarantee, you can't like rest your team play or like your like this whole fight strategy off of the back of a shield bash anymore. And that is going, you are going to be losing some of the mind gaming and the debating, which oh, the brig debate is huge, <laughs> right? It's the biggest thing in the universe. You bait that shield bash out, not only do you not have it anymore, but that means you can't get back to your team really fast. It's a big one. You're in mm. enemy territory. But I, I think the whole idea um, is just to make other options viable because the problem with goats is that if you play it really well at a high level it is going to be that consistent it's going to just be better right you have better ultimate value from you know all of these big cc ults than any other composition if you because like here's the thing like if you why would you ever run like a, a true dive when you could just run goats and swap the right out for a winston and keep the ultimate charge for every other hero in that comp it's you know, a big value investment, you know, in a game that is going to be decided by those ultimates. So, you know, they're just trying to, I think they're just trying to like balance out the the tanking shielding value from the DPS because holy cow, man, that Reaper <laughs> buff. And, and everybody's getting super, super excited about the Reaper lifesteal buff. But I honestly think this this is going to be like a meta for mid to long range hit scan. Like that Reaper's well, never well, going well, to get close to the tanks. You take off his dome right off the bat. But actually, but actually, but like if we're talking about playoff patches, we still have to consider that uh, Brigitte's stun is still going through shoots, it is still going through shoots. It's 1.30, not 1.31, I think. You're quite so, right, actually. You're quite right. My yes. apologies. Yeah. So we're still seeing this kind of things uh, going on. And uh, that's why I think GOATS 
continues being uh, extremely powerful during playoffs. Uh, we've seen this in South American region where uh, we're just continuing with a lot of goats and when things are going pretty bad, they, the teams switch to goats again. And uh, I think that's going to continue. But still, there are some innovation there. For example, we have the frozen goats with the may instead of the, yeah. the beaver for example <laughs> we have the doomfist goats because doomfist in this patch is still strong right so it's mm -hmm. still uh viable it's still useful uh and, and if we look at for example element mystics from korea and sparkle i believe that's the name of the guy he's just amazing with doomfist and his sim plays for him and it's like the jonek from doomfist so It's always with amazing timings, and uh, I've had a discussion on Twitter with some South American coaches, and everyone's like, man, that, that guy is amazing. That guy is a god, and that's why he can use uh, Dumfith that well. And we have a team in South America called uh, Caverna, which is mm -hmm. also using this composition and this strategy, and it's, uh, it's going pretty well. So I don't know if other teams are going to do this here because we're not watching their scrims, but we have some more options besides the anti-dive McCree Brigida composition, which is also amazing at dealing with Farah or at dealing with uh, dives most of the time. So I still think we have options, but we, we have Ash, for example, right now, and Ash can fit pretty much into any composition that he used to have Widowmaker. So she just can run Widowmaker, uh, Ash Tracer, Ash Double Sniper, or Ash whatever, Ash Farah. Uh, and we've seen some Ashfara on Elios in South America that work pretty well with crossfires and everything. So we have options, but goats is still there, and we can deny. Um, I just I I want to throw out my uh, my hot take out here, just by the way. Um, and I kind of say this from a region that has not seen uh, uh like only goats. Like, don't get me wrong, we've seen a lot. It's a, it's a strong team comp. There is no two ways about it. It is a very strong team comp. Uh, reliability is a big factor. Um, yep. but also NA a bitches. Sorry. Um, <laughs> I'm going somewhere wow. with this. In all seriousness. <laughs> In all seriousness. <laughs> I am going in some way with this. Goats is not mandatory. The people who have genuine like who are genuinely believing that goats is mandatory are mistaken. It, it I, I know it is not as simple as oh lol, just don't play goats. And I fully understand that if you're a team right now and you want your best shot as winning, I, I understand fully why teams are practicing goats above all else and just trying to master that. But it's not mandatory. NA has this real habit of getting into holes. And and no, seriously, you only need to look as far. Like, do you, do you guys remember like back in the day when tournaments would do map drafts, we didn't see assault at all. Mm -hmm. Full stop, mm -hmm. right? That, yeah. Because Because NA teams are bitches. And uh, look, a lot of teams did this, right? But no, seriously, everyone was everyone was drinking the... F I can't say it a fourth time. Everyone was drinking the cooler to Assault is bad. Assault is a bad game mode. It's badly... It's just bad. Shouldn't be in the game. So they avoided a whole quarter of Overwatch. There was this weird gentleman's agreement. And you know what's so daft about all that i'm trying not to get too loud because it's only seven in the morning you know what's so daft about all that if just one team had got incredibly good at assault they wouldn't have had to ban it suddenly other teams would have to ban it and then they can't also ban out other things they want so actually the counter would have been for them to just learn assault and then suddenly everyone knows assault and then suddenly we do actually start seeing it 
no, the only thing that broke this ridiculous stalemate was the introduction of the current system as we have it, where every single game mode must be played. And I'm so glad it happens. I am sick of not seeing a whole quarter of the game because mm. NA teams are bitches. I mean, I, I know at least one of our and, colleagues and honest, will really, really take you up on that goats tank thing because EU are the ones who are in love with tanks, man. We've seen oh, pharmacy, for sure. we've seen summer yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. So for sure, but, but my 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 point is more. There is an attitude that does exist. I see it far more in, and this isn't really just in a, I see it far more in the West than I see anywhere else. So at all. This is, this is a very NAEU thing where- I think I can break this down. Entire competitive regions, and, and look, goats, this, don't don't take this as a one-to-one -one translation. Like the goat situation is like the assault map situation. I'm just using an analogy to, to try and illustrate. Yeah. The mode of thinking that these scenes seem to get themselves into where it's like, well, what can you do? Goats is terrible, but we got to play it. It's exactly the same as going, well, what can you do? Assault, literally terrible. It should be removed from the game. Let's just not fucking learn it. Oh, I used a fourth it, one. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> it was going to come out, man. It was inevitable. You're, you're like looking at this as like innovation is good and it's always good, but you don't want to be like the first at the head of the pack of lemmings. You know what I mean? Like there's like something. Yeah, yeah. But I think that, in the yeah, I get I get why teams are doing it. Like, Don't yeah, get me right? wrong. This is like, again, it's that consistency <laughs> really pays off in the end for a lot of teams, right? As long as you're you can squeak by, it doesn't matter if you're at the head of the pack or in the middle of the pack, as long as you're still with the pack, right? So that's definitely one All of the. I, I understand the attitude too, but like, you know, everybody gets tired of herbivores after a while. <laughs> Right. Well, you know, there's you know, an H in that word, right? What? Herbivore. Herbivore? Is that like aluminium? Herbs in my Yes, aluminium. The name of the element. I'm just telling elements. you right there. Just telling you right there. I'm actually just because you're adding myself. I'm actually not going to get myself. Yeah, Boop's been trying to say something for 20 minutes. Y'all shut up. Please. So, this is not just in Overwatch. This is in all sports leagues in general, right? Where someone does something and 80% of everyone does it because it's what mathematically is the best according to them, right? And so, because of that, people are going to be more afraid to spend their time on something that would not be of as high of a value, in their opinion, to maybe perform better. Right, yeah, John Gold so, did a great write up on exactly that, actually. Yeah, and so it's just like that's not just Overwatch. I've seen it, and uh, American football is a great thing. How defenses have changed just in formation, right? Like it wasn't until recently that the formation for college football followed NFL, right? And so, like, while the, there are examples of things that don't work, there just isn't enough information around those things to confidently, as like a, someone who's trying to make money off of something like this, take that kind of risk to spend that time to to get good at something that could work because in the exactly. end yeah, yeah. yeah. when a team and an organization survival so is on the line you want to make it into that top uh, but this is this, the, sure. there's something else there's something else for uh, i mean correct me if i'm wrong but we saw goats oh i will overwatch league right <laughs> right so we yeah. saw a lot of goats on overwatch league so goats came out from a team that was like mono composition and they don't really play anything else and even Overwatch League, with the best theory crafters in the whole world, had to adapt to it because it was so strong. So we are we are talking here about a composition that just came up and that uh, simply exploited the patch and was so strong that it took like three to four patches from Blizzard to kill it, or maybe to kill it because we do not know yet how scrims are going on the 1.332. So it's like 
I was gonna ask you guys if you think Overwatch League is gonna kill it for sure or like for for good, but still I don't think so because we had a lot of time seeing goats on Overwatch League back in the day because it was so strong. And but, but usually the I is, think it's... the contenders is the, the the like the league that follows another uh, top level league, which is Overwatch League in this case. And right now we are now with Overwatch League, so we have no one to follow. Let's follow Koreans, and Koreans are playing goats, so let's play goats too. But like maybe in the future right now we're going to have overwatch league and they're going to change it and uh if they do not that's because goats is simply the best composition ever made within this patch i think i i think that's because it's like why why am i gonna like spend a lot of uh, a lot of energy a lot of time into playing something else which requires be so much more coordination effort. and synergy and effort yeah, if a I lot of risk too. You notes. have to accept a lot yeah, of risk. We had, yeah. we had a yeah. team in South America called INTZ. They were just great at playing goats. They got a really good positioning uh, on playing goats on other tournaments, but contenders because then they had a coach that wanted them to play something else than goats to try and counter the, go the, the goats composition. Now they're going for trials, you know. So it's mm. like, yeah. what exactly can you do just to? try and pop off just to show your skills when it's so much better to play goats. While I don't think it's required, like, while I agree yeah, it's with not key, like, it's definitely the path of least resistance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, for sure. And, and, and I don't think anyone can argue with that. And I mean, in all fairness, that's the same reason Overwatch League. Like, even though Overwatch League teams don't have that same reality of if you don't perform well enough, you're going home, they have a different reality. They have the reality of if you perform well enough, you make the big bucks. Yeah. Like there is, yeah. and and you don't want to be the team that performs well across three entire stages, and then in the last one, everyone's playing goats, and you decide to be the team that's like, no, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna spend this stage finding the counter, and then, oops, we lost all our games, and we yeah. didn't make it into playoffs. Even if they had, like, even, if, even if by taking that route, you actually do find the goats killer, and you win every game. No coach wants to take that risk because actually. Mm -hmm if they're the, the coach that suddenly lost every single game because they were just refusing to play a certain thing it's going to be their ass on the line right like that's yeah. i i'm you know like i know what i said before was very very inflammatory and very aggrandizing i know that <laughs> in, on the individual level people aren't just like sniveling wretches like you know i'm scared of team compositions that are not goats <laughs> uh, but because like the reality is on the individual level everyone's just making it what appears to be the smartest possible decision with the information at hand and with the situations being as they are and and, and uh, it's why this always happens uh not just in like boop was saying not just in esports but in sports in everything as a whole this is just how things are um and it's quite normal and that's also why complaining about the meta is daft right because it's just it is what it is right and eventually yeah. it's not going to be what it is whether because yeah. of cash changes or strategy changes or in sports sometimes rule changes get introduced no skin off my nose man i just learned to <laughs> you know find what is enjoyable about it man like I, I think i think double sniper meta could be boring in a lot of ways because it was very dependent on who picked who but at the same time man getting a first person view on a widowmaker popping the fuck off that's my fifth <laughs> one was super entertaining i just can't hold yes. all these fucks in i get so many fucks about esports it's unbelievable 
I, I mean, and I, I totally agree, man. I'm going to end it on like that positive note because yeah. you, like when we compare it to NFL or, or soccer or footy, as some may say, uh, hey. there's so many uh, years of history. Footy is just its own football. thing. Footy is its own thing. All right, we're not going to go there then. Um, but yeah, you know, there's so many years of history to draw upon. You know, that def mm. defense has changed and stuff, but it's because of decades of innovation mm. and seeing what works and doesn't. Mm -hmm. Overwatch is it now going to be in its second season of out. Right. It's only yeah. been out on the market for a handful of years and people are still trying to innovate and it's going to go beyond metas. Just like you said, like, hey, dual sniper is going to work in these situations. I remember all the way back in like Team Envious, triple tank with Roadhog. Right. Everybody oh, yeah. played triple tank with Roadhog. Yeah. And then the first oh, time yeah. we saw that Earth shatter into a diva self-destruct, like it was like found in Jesus. Now everybody, like, how can we yeah. get all of these like bomb combos, earth shatter, charge combos into the game, right? And it's gonna be mm. going beyond just metas, but people will start, teams will start finding those little tricks that can be applicable in multiple situations. And that's just only going to deepen the game mm. further. It's only a matter of time, right? The only so. sport that's an exception to all this, fucking golf. <laughs> yep, yep. They just they just started letting them keep the flag in the hole when they putt. Just that's now. that's a big I that's mean, a huge but, but that's there's really a, good oh with that. Okay, there's okay. like oh. There you guys are gonna. Now Nari's gotta hurt her cats. I can see Nari like, why did we invite all these people? <laughs> I gotta, I gotta move this along, uh, so we can all get right. to our last topic and hopefully, hopefully, still get to that Q and A. Once again, quick reminder: if you do have questions, you can pop them in the chat. You can join our Discord and pop them in there. Let's get to our last topic and hopefully we'll get to those questions. So, uh, I want everybody to give me a quick summary of the top four teams in your region, and then. We are going to do some fun bets. Uh, and basically what's going to happen is if you lose your bet, you've got to take a little clip of yourself and we will post it on the, the Grind Discord oh, and the, on the Twitter of, you know, the thing that you did because you lost your bet. So quickly, let's start with NA. We'll go NA, PAC and SA. Uh, your top four teams in your opinion and based on as many stats as you have. Uh, and then we'll quickly do the bet. So Boopenham, let's start with you guys. Do you want to go first, Sam? <laughs> I was going to say, you want to go first? <laughs> Uh, I'll yeah. go first. I'll go first. Oh, so, like, oh, okay. so, so Hell yeah. Okay. Age before beauty. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, I'll go first. Um, yeah, but I mean, top top four teams. There's uh, there's like the teams where you're like, okay, they have a shot, and there's teams where you're like, I really want them to have a shot, man. I really <laughs> want to see this go all the way. Um, right. So of course, you know, Fusion University at XL two. They, they were the ones battling it out in grand finals last season. Fusion, they lost both of their DPS, but they looked just as strong. Oh, you know, more beatable. But everybody says, oh, they look more, SKT looks more beatable this year. And then until they finally hey, actually they are taking are. down, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So who knows? This could be the season, but they just stopped. They crushed ATL, who is at the top in terms of maps, actually. And and I don't know, that that could be the start of the turnaround of Fusion University's mm -hmm. on that upward climb. XL2, of course, really good stuff from them, another solid, you know, academy team. But I just, uh, only one team can go through. But I'm still going to say sec second wind and first gen would be my teams I would count Hell in that yeah. top four, at least in my heart, right? Hell like yeah. They're, they're fighting in quarterfinals. They're the two true kind of like community path to pro teams, right? You had first gen who used to be goats, the originator, right? Uh, and then second wind, who's also a trials team, came in bottom of the standings last season. And now they're at the top and also an unsigned team, right? 
a real trials team. They remade their whole roster. Nobody's paying these folks, you know, really uh, much money to, to do what they love, but they made it all the way through. And unfortunately, though, in quarterfinals, one team's going to have to go. And uh, but but those would be kind of my standings. Cool. Okay. I think mine are actually exactly the same, other than I would probably put uh, first in over second wind uh, because of the debacle that happened uh, last week. Uh, you know, distractions are there, and it'd be yeah. hard for me to play under that kind of uh, distraction. However, I don't think my top four are going to move on completely from the first round. Round, so I'm going to have Fusion University XL2 in my final. Uh, I actually have Atlanta losing in the first round against Energy, and so okay. the, yeah. the 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 reasoning behind it is I think if Energy can come in play at the tempo that Atlanta can play at too, then we're going to have a banger of a match because yeah. Energy was flipping and flopping all season long. They were sixth. You know, they were the middle of the road, but that last game they had against Second Wind that they won 3-1 was also among the same fashion that Fusion beat Atlanta, right? And so uh, I think some people are underestimating them, and Energy could be a huge dark horse. They've performed well in playoffs before. Uh, and so I think that's going to be, even though I do think Atlanta is the second or third best team in tournament play here, I actually am taking Energy over Atlanta in that first round. Energy game. ran that double main tank. Like, Smex looks better on Reinhardt than he did on D.Va almost. So oh, that, that could be that new injection, right, of Energy actually, as playoffs come actually, in. Actually, I, I don't know if I'm actually allowed to do this, but anyway, I think that's a quick question. Uh, do you believe yeah. that Uprising Academy has anything, uh, I mean, has any chance against XL2? Because now Klaus and I think Fusions are at their gaming house. So they're if... at Lamb. They do mm. not have ping anymore. If it wasn't goats, then yes. Then yeah. I think like being uh because Klaus is playing Brig, right? And so uh mm. while like I think lag affects everybody. Man, Klaus is so yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's he's arguably the best tracer in South America. And the uh the other thing about and he'll never get to show that off unless they do it on Busan or something again, right? Uh, but I, I don't think that would be the case, to be honest. Um, I think they'll get better in terms of coordination and team play, but in the end, I think it's still an uphill, uphill battle for him. I don't think right. it has anything to do with the players. Klaus is amazing, right? And a really good pocket Sombra too. Uh, asking one of the best hit scan around. Um, it is just going to be a question of like, when can they actually be playing like the, the roles that they really prefer to be? Uh, and, you know, on top of that, all, all the moves, right? Just getting over jet lag. Right, is going to take yeah. you like several days, and that's that's going to yeah. be tough. Not to mention getting used to playing like you know totally different way with no ping and stuff. Uh, but I mean, I if nothing else, I'm really hopeful for Uprising for the next season. I think they're really going to like blossom. I'm a beautiful butterfly. <laughs> beautiful butterfly. Right, let's, let's move on to PAC. Pixie, tell us a little bit about your teams. Um, so. For literally the first time in our region's history, I include OPC in these when I talk about this, by the way, so keep that in mind. Uh, arguably, we're one of the longer-running regions for that reason. For the first time ever, we actually have the team that won also looking like they'll win again. And if it weren't for the fact that Flash Wolves won OPC Season 1 and then also played in OPC Season 2, it would also be the first time that we actually have a, a winning team returning full stop. Um, in fact, since Ardian won OPC Season 2, we have not had a winning team last season against Cyclops Athlete Gaming, who were kind of a, a, like a, a, an audience favorite, so no one was really too bothered by it. But like this came down to like the full Game 5, like 99 to 99 on control already tied once it was it was really intense and and cag totally deserved to go through but xavier also kind of feel a little bit robbed they would 
kind of like to get the match against talent in the grand finals that they didn't get in season two because that would have also been at the world cup bangkok qualifier in front of their home crowd um this is the closest they're going to get last up uh this i wouldn't call this a top team this is just my dark horse pick man cyclone coupling love me some cyclone company this team is uncompromising in their desire to not play goats and man they are looking good they actually beat hong kong attitude in the last week of the season unfortunately they come up against talon straight out the gate they're probably not going to go any further than that but i would love for them to, this team for any history came fifth place in chinese contenders trials they got wow. picked up by oh the slot rather got picked up um by team cc who uh, also in shanghai dragons um the team has been moved into the pacific region so th this way team cc kind of have two academy teams and this is one of them and it, i think the extra backing has really showed they had a, a rocky start and they're just looking better and better and better they're one of the most interesting teams to watch i think if any team is going to perform a major upset it's going to be this one i don't think it's likely but it could happen and I do have to mention GE Pantheon and all this. They are a very good team. Um, and that's the one with Kefri on it, by the way, uh, which means you can all tune into the semifinal. They're going to play against Talon where they will lose against a better team. I have no beef with Kefri. <laughs> I have no beef with this team. Talon are just better than them. But I don't mind. We're going to have a lot of viewers for that one match because Kefri's <laughs> Okay, so that was a pretty long, long breakdown. Yeah, so if I could just get literally forwards... What were the top four teams? <laughs> uh, Talon, Hong Kong Attitude, Xavier, and GE Pantheon. Nice. All right, Dark Tanello... Cyclone Coupling. Cool. Um, Tanello, your top four teams in SA. Yeah, for sure. So we already had some some matches for our playoffs. Uh, so base tryhards are already on the semifinals with Isaros Gaming. So Sukino Nation and Fury are gone. That's basically. a crazy semifinal, by the way. Dude, yeah, yes, and VTH yes. are going against each other. If you guys don't yes, remember, Isaros was Karma, uh, yeah, Karma sure. Gaming from a long time ago, who made some noise in. Uh, yeah, in basically, NA. basically that's a semifinal between. Uh, Brazilian World Cup team and Argentina World Cup team, basically, because wow. there were a lot of changes, and we know that uh, one change might compromise something, but uh, still, they're great teams, and uh, for sure, the two of the top four teams. So I wouldn't even mention Suki Nation and Fury because they clearly were the upsets or the teams with a chance of upset. But talking about the the other side of the of the bracket, we have a looking for a team Overwatch League. And next in, uh, Caverna and up, and uh, on this match against LFT and next in, for sure LFT looks much better. They are just crushing everyone. They've been crushing everyone for a long time right now, and they pretty much have the best goats of the whole, uh, the whole tournament, the whole championship. And wow. I think they're going to use goats. I think they still have a lot of other composition and strategies they can uh, use and use to a high level. Not only think like, oh man, they are playing spam ash composition what the hell can we do let's go dive i don't know no they're not this kind of team they have everything under their uh control and that for me is is uh, is a huge advantage on the other side we still uh we still know we we actually have chosen which is a player from up gaming on the chat so shout out to chosen uh, hey, and I think their hey, team is going to win. Up, I mean, Hardest name I, I to think... pronounce SA. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I think I think Upgame is going to win. I think Caverna is 
has shown that they have skill, that they have a good level of Overwatch, but not quite as upgaming right now. So mm. I still believe in upgaming. Then uh, my finals, or rather my top four would be base Redhearts, Isurus Gaming, mm-hmm. which are already classified for semifinals, and looking for Team Overwatch League, and finally Upgaming. But my finals would still be looking for Team Overwatch League against base Redhearts. Yeah. So a lot of Overwatch uh, World Cup players in there, <laughs> and I'd bet for looking for Team winning the whole thing. Because, wow. uh, yeah, that's I mean, a hot that, take. Yeah, wow. that's, that's for sure the upset. And I know that I mean, base Red Hearts players are gonna get kind of mad at me because uh, I mean they are they <laughs> are messaging they are you like, right now. <laughs> yeah, right now, man. My DM's like, "Fuck it," and that's my first. But yeah, hey. uh, we we have base Red Hearts just winning the whole thing for two seasons back to back, and they want to win it again. They want to win it again uh, a third time, but. Their changes were not the best ones. They had to adapt that after Klaus leaving and Alemão leaving for Overwatch League. Thank God there's a Brazilian and South American player on Overwatch League. And uh, I don't I don't know if their their high level is still there. So I believe Pace Red Hearts are gonna have to uh, just pop off much more than looking for a team Overwatch League have to, because looking for a team is just uh, with an amazing level of coordination and with an amazing level of goats or zotes specifically with the Zenyatta. So they can pretty much use the zotes and that's it. I'm going to win because that's it. Uh, and I mean, this is, this is my, my bet, but for sure, Upgaming has a chance of upset and uh, Serious Gaming have the chance of upset. And this is amazing because in South America, we pretty much had only Serious Gaming maybe having a chance of winning against base tryhards for a long time and now we have four teams with pretty much the same chance of winning the whole thing and that's crazy it's that so heartening man isn't it crazy because like neil and honorato were when we were casting south america were like standout ride at zarya they like crushed everybody and now hey gamers rise up man they're getting challenged <laughs> Hell yes, yeah. exactly, exactly. I mean, uh, base red hearts are gods too. I was talking about them at the <laughs> beginning of this podcast, and I was like, they are gods. They are gods at the game. They're just amazing players, and for sure, the the I mean, they're most likely to win everything. But uh, I think that uh, the other teams have a much better chance, a much better shot right now at the third season than they had before, and this is great for us. As casters, as viewers, as players, as anything, because we do not have like one god tier team and other teams trying to battle for themselves mm-hmm. or against themselves. So, I mean, this is the best season we've had so far for sure. All right. Uh, so, for the bets, I'm going to try and keep it as simple as possible. Each of you are going to pick a region and a team that you think are going to win. And then you're going to tell us what you're going to do if you're wrong. All right. Oh, all right. So it, 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 can it, try not can to pick be... your own region because I feel all like right. that's unfair. Um, <laughs> all right. That's okay. that's right. what yeah. that's what I was gonna ask you. All right. Yeah. No. 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 Don't pick your own region if at all possible. Uh, and mm. um, yeah. So let let's go with that. So I'm gonna start with Ham. So pick a region, what? pick a team, and what are you gonna do if you're wrong? You always come to me first, and I think the slowest narrative. <laughs> that's not fair. Um, that's okay. The all point. right. <laughs> I, okay. Here. Here we go. Um, all right, uh, I'll just go out there. Uh, South America is going to be, you know, the region that I know best besides NA. I'm, I'm going to say base tryhards ticket. 
the the old right. kings well returned and mm -hmm. even though there are some upstarts they they know they know how to how to quash those peasant uprisings and uh <laughs> and i saw neil popping the hell off i was able to tune in for a little bit of the quarterfinal yeah. broadcast um and uh, neil was popping the hell off big ryan energy i'm in ryan main too so i'm gonna believe in my my boy oh, and yeah. uh, he's gonna be yes. scattering you know nine man shatters shatters so hard he brings three of them back from yes. the dead uh, and uh, there, there we go. That's going to be my guess. And uh, if I, hmm, oh man, this is like, man, I get to, I get to set the bar of like. <laughs> well, you get to be like so. super safe because it's base tryhards. Let's go. Let's go. I mean, like, I know it's like the worst hot take. But base tryhards are looking so beatable this season, Boop. They look so beatable. <laughs> um, uh, nah, but okay, here. Uh, if, okay, oh God, this goes against every fiber of my being. Okay. But if base tryhards do not win, if LFT Owl, which I actually, that would be amazing if they won. But if LFT Owl actually do win and base tryhards lose and they do not win the season three SA championships, I will do a shooey. Yeah, dude. Fuck <laughs> me, man. God, I got it. <clears throat> All right, nice. buckling down. Oh, Just, that was your nice. second Body. fuck of the show. You're over the limit. <laughs> that was like your eighth. I only um, grinned in the surface, man. Oh, you know, God. I'm going to do a shoey with one of my shoes. It has to it has to be one of my shoes, though. So yeah, it could be one of my shoes. Toe it has to be my own. I like it to imagine that boot shoes smell worse. I don't, I'm, I don't know why I get that impression from you. Um, yeah, I can mail you yeah. my shoes. It's the middle of summer. I have very sweaty feet. I'm going to break yeah, up dude, the that NA duo such an here. Otter. I would just put it on Katrina's mouthpiece. <laughs> I'm going like, to slip shoe? in the middle here uh, and like break the two, these, these two NA folk up for once. I'm going to put mine in there. I, I'm also going to go after BR uh, because it's a region that I never have a chance to watch because it's like an even worse time zone for me than PAX. So this is going to be <laughs> like, I've, I've, not, I've, this is completely based on what Tonello has just said. I actually think it's going to be based tryhards. If they do not win, I will attempt to sing the entire Brazilian national anthem. There yes! you go. Yes! That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm it. talking about. And you can hear uh, up uh, on me. Yeah. You can, you can, I, you can contact me if you. I speak you... Spanish and not Portuguese. So that's going to be really entertaining. If that Hell comes to yeah, pass, so now he's excited, man. Like, accent, he's, man. He's about yeah. to go off base tryhards. <laughs> All right, boop quickly. Uh, who do you think, and uh, what you what are you going to so, do? So I'm actually sticking to the same region. I'm going to stick with South America. Right? South America yeah. rules, man. Gonna, South America best region. I'm Come on. Up gaming make the play uh, finals. Up gaming oh, with wow. my favorite doofist of the region, Edugus. Um, yeah, sure. Okay doesn't make finals then tonello gets to decide what color my hair will be there okay Hell right yeah all right, all nice. right. I've been looking dye my hair and i trust Tanello. <laughs> i mean so, now 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 you have something direct personally with chosie in the chat right because i he's know dying. right like i i uh he was the first pro i ever saw play hammond competitively so uh yeah yeah it's out to him but um, <laughs> i think you mean wrecking ball <laughs> <laughs> Dying. That's so stupid. That's so stupid, man. I fucking love it. Oh my god. <laughs> all right, that's the all right, all right, all right. Tonello, uh, pick a region and a team, and what are you gonna do? 
Yeah, sure. Uh, I don't still exactly what I'm gonna do, but I'm gonna pick an A because I don't really yeah. know anything about Pacific Solar Pixie. I mean, letters. That's why. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, that's the thing. I really wanted to bet on a prize in Academy because I know I'm cheering for my boy Klaus, but uh. I'm not that crazy still. And, <laughs> I'm gonna, wow. And uh, I think I think I mean I've not been following everything from the NA contenders but i think fusion is going to win it because i i believe that their uh their bracket is a little bit easier maybe and uh yeah i think they're going to win it and i do not have any idea of what i might do if i am not wrong or if i'm not correct so oh, I mean, feel free to help me yeah that's good something to do with your facial hair by the time it comes oh, back yeah, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> You have to Diet shave purple. one side. <laughs> <laughs> These guys don't fire me. Uh, I wouldn't do it. I lose my job. Um, um, I'm going to say uh, you have to grow out a porn stash. Yeah. Oh, my God. All right. All right. Oh, yeah. 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 I want to see right. you looking like Full the gay cop from the village people. All right. I, I, I don't know if my genes are capable of it, but I'll try definitely. So, oh, that's great. That's right. Right. Because it's All like, right. who All knows right. how it's going to turn out. All right. That's, <laughs> that's, totally, that's totally acceptable. Thank you, Pixie, for helping. Cool. Me. Yeah. All right. Um, I think I need to weigh in as well. Uh, I'll give NA some love. Hey. And, um, Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know what I would, but I would have just voted for Carefree and then I know I'm going to lose. So, Because uh. um, <laughs> we, we've had him on the show and he's my boy. Now, he's my boy now. Everybody that's on the grind is officially my boy. So, oh. All right. <laughs> yeah, hell yeah. You guys are officially my boys. Um, I wanted to be a boy. <laughs> if I were a boy. <laughs> if I were a boy. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'll give I'll give NA some love, and um, I feel really bad because I know one of the coaches on on first gen, um, and I'm not gonna vote for you guys. So sorry. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh no! You didn't even have to say that that explicitly. You could have just voted for who you were gonna vote for. You had to specifically say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not voting for Is you. Yeah, I'm not voting for you. You just gonna list all the teams that you're not voting for first, <laughs> just just so they know. No, no, it's first gen. It's first gen. <laughs> it's personal. Um, <laughs> All right, I will vote for uh, XL2 based on what I heard from from Ham and Boop. So hopefully yeah. they don't let me down. Yeah, and uh, I, if I if I don't win, I will eat a like a, a chili pepper, like one of those red chili peppers. Uh, oh, okay, okay, we we need to be specific. Habanero, ghost peppers. So let's do this. Let's do this, Nauri. You will eat. I grow habaneros. I'll send you one. Yeah, and you will wow. before Choose before peppers. the next episode, and you have to do the whole episode while eating peppers. Oh All my right. god! All right. Wow. There's a show on that. Right? Yes. There is a show on that. And then you have to host it. Okay. Okay. What? Yeah, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It's a challenge. Okay. Absolutely. I will do that. Cool. All right. I think we've got time for like two questions from the chat. So I'll just quickly pick. Um, do, 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 do. okay, here's a cool one from one of the coaches of HSL Academy, Eli. Are there any players in general or from your region that you think should have been picked up for Owl and weren't? Um, I've got a quick list here. I'm just going to jump right in with this. 
I'll be honest, uh, a lot of the really good players that have ever played in this region have kind of already been picked up, like the entirety of Ardient, a chunk of the members of Detonator Korea, uh, some of the guys from Blank, uh, they ended up getting picked up out of Australia, like Trill, um, but they've predominantly played in this region. In terms of players that are like now left behind, uh, Shylin on Hong Kong Attitude, gotta shout him out, Perfect, uh, who is now on Hong Kong Attitude. Um, once upon a time, Bacon Jack it's that's that's a, a like another lifetime now um but i think if he was ever to make a return to the game he's he's a, a shoe-in for overwatch league mm -hmm. he's an incredible player all right rest of you uh, sure oh. i mean south american is full of uh full of talent and uh, like a lot of the guys from base trahars should be on overwatch league i believe such as colero is amazing lico is like lico has recently won the like the award for best overwatch player uh from brazil so i mean he's just amazingly skilled neil uh and honorado as well i don't think lubok and wings are still ready to overwatch league although they are i mean uh, they have a lot of potential but i don't see them uh they are right now also from mysterious game and we have ddx which is just amazing uh we have extravert who is also a great player uh out of looking for a team overwatch league all is one of the best supports of our entire region and maybe one of the best supports in the world fast is just a very clever guy and amazing uh pizza lover is also great so i mean we have a lot of guys like chosin's just getting uh, just gotten better so so much and his his potential is amazing as well edgigas tega set or th7 so i mean south american although we are kind of isolated from the rest of the world in terms of being able to scream with other teams from the rest of the world, I still believe that these guys have potential. Okay, maybe they're not like, if they're the best player from the South American region, they might not be the best player from the like of the world. And I know it, mm -hmm. it's true. And I know, uh, I mean, I am considering this, but there's so much potential and there's so much uh, like, there's so much that can be done with these players because of their mechanical skills, because of their sense of, of, of competition, of their passion to the game. And I, I really want to see more players from South America in Overwatch League. Right now we have Klaus on uh, Horizon Academy, so it's not exactly Overwatch League, but he might be there next year when he turns 18. And we have Alemão from uh, uh, former base Red Hearts player who's also there, and he's just one of the best solutions in the world for sure. So, I mean, we have a lot of talent. We have a lot of players. I really want to see them uh, as quickly as possible on the, in the Overwatch League because I really believe that they deserve not only because, oh, there's a Boston Uprising that I want new players to, you know, to, to practice with them and to make them just gods in two months. Not only, I, I don't expect only uh, invites from these teams that want new players and new talent. I, I really expect invites from other teams that want great uh, players as well and yeah i mean south america is just full of talent in my opinion I, i'm biased in saying this but anyways. <laughs> okay Bippenham. um so i'm gonna go with some because uh, because ed is full of people who used to be in overwatch league too yeah, so it's yeah. a it's a little it's a little complicated so i'll actually go with some um path to pro people that i think could end up in overwatch league one day uh car car who just got on the philadelphia uh the future university um i think car car has got a ton of potential could make it one day i think akawa on second wind has a ton of potential uh as well 
Uh, and then other than that, uh, the other one for me is Bernard uh, on TC oh. University as well, who I think is one of the more underrated divas, who's hyper consistent. Um, and really anyone on TG University, I think, could get there as well. Because nice in a different meta, I think, like on, on that Pharaoh was absolutely dominant last week. So those would be those would be some of my uh, top picks if I'm excluding those who have already been in Overwatch. Today. Yeah, I'll, I'd, I'd have to hard agree with the Bernard pick. I would say Wu Yao, except he's already kind of tasted the, the Overwatch League. So we got to stick to the... Uh, so you kind of... Okay, well, you kind of got like a lot of off tanks and DPS, so I'm just gonna shout out uh, Goliath and Alarm. Like okay. speaking of like fragging Zenyatas, they're like NA Jonak, especially Alarm. Like this guy is just the real deal. He's been around since like Apex, and uh, one of the one of the coolest things ever was we were <clears throat> we were casting the Fusion University ATL game. Both of them, you know, top teams. They're like, oh, it's gonna be a slobber knocker of a fight. And you know who was actually making a huge difference was Alarm their Zen player. Like we know this guy frags out, but he was finding Dogman's head from across the map like more times than not. And um, and and Dogman is another great Zen player who I could definitely see in Overwatch League, but you know, Alarm was really giving him, giving him the time of day. And uh, and so would really like to see Goliath, Dogman, um, Alarm, they could easily be in Overwatch League. Hell yeah. All right, I'm going to take it to one last question because Boop needs to catch a flight. And uh, I think that this is going to be a fun one. So this one comes from Lafon, and he says, what do all of the guests think the most competitive map type is? We did touch Ooh. on this briefly, but... Uh... Huh. Jesus, <laughs> this is tough. Um, this is pretty interesting. Yeah. Um... I, I'm going to go with gut. I'll go first so you guys can think because I have like... Yeah, my no, gut go in. ahead, please. Um, I need to I think. think in my head, it's assault uh, because of just how it's, you know, it, it's standard, right? There's ways to go in. I think it's the easiest viewing experience as well. Um, but I think in, in terms of actual upsets that are happening where a team that might not be as good can take the victory is in control. I think control can like devolve into some scrappiness and individual play styles can come into play a little bit more. Uh, so that would, be, that would be my answer. It's funny, I would actually have kind of the opposite opinion between those two game modes right i would actually say um i would say assault is probably one of the modes where um a, a lower team can easily kind of snatch a map uh reason being look it's if you're ball, consistent right? at assault if you're consistently good at holding on defense and consistently good at, at taking on offense you are going to more times than not win assault if you are not consistent at doing that you could still just pop the here's my ninth one pop the fuck off and <laughs> cap out and do it in an incredible time and be able to just kind of stall out the other team you know whatever whether it goes to time bank or not um and and i don't think that makes it like unbalanced or anything i actually think it's one of the interesting things right because there's, there's always going to be this arms race of like how consistent do you need to be until those less consistent teams are not a threat from, of stealing that match off you i would actually say and, and this is in, in quite a vacuum. I would like to think that the most competitive game mode is probably Control, purely because it's the only yeah. one that is inherently symmetrical, at least until the point is capped by someone. And then you end up in this very interesting situation where teams are flip-flopping back and forth between essentially playing the attacker and playing the defender. But it's not that hard and fast, right? Like, the team holding the point can maneuver themselves such that the other team ends up on the point and then that team without ever losing it 
attacks them on the point positionally speaking you can't really get that on um on any map with a payload um because the moment you're off the payload it's moving you're losing distance it's not great like it's it, you sort of can but not the same way i think control kind of opens itself up to the most varied ways of approaching a defense as well as an offense specifically of approaching a defense more so like even on you know something like assault or hybrid with the, the first point cap like you've got to play on that point there's there's very little you know like that's, that's where c9 comes from right like there's very little um wiggle room in that regard there are some strategies that have teams off the point for a little bit but man are they risky if it goes wrong you just lose you lose so fast and you do give up cap percentage if you're not careful um i would say control uh is at least on paper the most competitive I can certainly right. see that control is the most scrappy, right? Like you don't yeah. need to necessarily take, depending on what comp you're running, depending on what map, you don't have to take those set team fights. Yeah. If you get like remember a double like, tracer, double Winston, double Lucio. Oh god, no oh, limits. Ten no, minute overtime. Oh, oh lordy. Oh. Six and, oh, and then sometimes they pull out the double reaper. Die, 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 die. Uh, but I control certainly <laughs> is up there for me. I think like intuitively, I would say hybrid actually, because yeah, a lot of teams are really good at escort. And a lot of teams are really good at like attacking points, but some of them can't quite mesh those two, right? Because on hybrid maps, your objective or what you're playing for changes depending on where you are in the map, right? So take Nibani, for example, one of the hardest point A's to take in any hybrid map. And then once you take that point, how many times have we seen the team spawn capped right off of that right side room off of point A, and they can't make any distance on that payload. The objectives change, they gotta think differently. The def defensive team is going to be taking, oops, excuse me, taking different kinds of fights. Um, so intuitively, that's that's what I would say. Um, but I was actually just browsing uh, over.gg uh, over really quickly to take a look at kind of the NA teams and where they stand statistically. And I would say, uh, I would actually agree with Book looking at the numbers. Assault seems to be the most difficult map. The teams who are really good, the Fusion Universities, XL2. XL2 is undefeated on Assault. Wow. Versus, say, a team like Kangarna or Sky Foxes. Uh, yeah, they struggled on all the other maps, of course. They, they didn't quite make it to playoffs, but the biggest difference is the Assault win-loss percentage. Like, Sky Foxes have, like, a 20% win rate on Assault. And I think wow. that's kind of like the big difference maker, right? Like these teams were really coordinated, especially with goats. You go into assault, you have to take those clean team fights. It can't just be a scrappy battle because the defensive advantage will be too great. You have to win. Not only you have to win, but you have to win very cleanly and quickly. And that's mm. going to be a mark of a good team who can string together those combos, finally get the wipe and cap the point. Man, the fun has uh, knocked it out of the park with this question. Yeah, yeah, it's, that's a good one. I mean, uh, I believe that uh, it's hybrid as well, because if you take a look at assault, uh, assault, you're like, you have this one control point, seven minute type of map, you know, because mm -hmm. the first one is going to go anyways. And if you full hold the first one, like the attack team is just shit. So, yeah, yeah uh, it wasn't competitive in the first place, right? <laughs> uh, I mean, so I believe that assault is like a one control point uh seven minute run heavily biased towards the defense that's why i don't think it's that competitive if you look at control maps uh i mean it is competitive until the after like after the first fight because after it you just have 
to user automates well because the advantage will be there for you. And even though you can get to ninety nine percent and just and lose a fight, you just you can just come back and have like the whole two minute, for example, two minute or two minute and a half to to come back and and win again. And just one fight will do will do the job. So <clears throat> I think control is uh, competitive in many ways, but if you are a really good team, you are not going to let go of that advantage, of that initial advantage, and it's been proven. And also, Control historically is the only map that had to be, not the only map, but one of the only uh, type of maps that had to be changed in its core mechanic, because Assault had a lot of changes in terms of respawning and all, but Control had to go from an, uh, a best of five to a best of three, because mathematically a best of five would uh, be biased in a way because of percentages of anything i don't really recall but it had to be changed not only because of the length of the map because hybrid maps or two cp maps can take like 10 or minutes or whatever mm -hmm. but uh control maps had to be changed in its core mechanics so that's why i think hybrid is the most competitive ones because you have the the point thing where you have the defense just taking uh advantage in positioning and then you have the attack team having to go through all of these capture the point style which is one of the most competitive ones uh and uh after this you have the whole second point thing that really sets up the pace for the whole map because if you lose a lot of time in there or if you give the the opposite team a chance to really defend in there you're just uh, I mean, sorry, but you're just fucked because the second <laughs> point is what really sets the pace for it. Once you have to just go past it with the least feel, with the least amount of fights possible, because if you do not do that, although you get the advantage of ultimate, you have to spare that on. Oh, sorry, you have to spend that on the second point, and then the third point gives you less time. So there are a lot of layers, a lot of strategic layers on hybrid maps. And that's why I think that uh, is the most competitive kind of map. And oh, why not Squirt? And that is because <laughs> Squirt is so easier to full hold because mm -hmm. uh, if you if you get the payload to a point where it's much harder for the attacking team to take positioning, you pretty much are going to get full hold. Or uh, I mean, you are not going to get full hold only if you can uh, have some economic fights and force some ultimates on the other side and while uh, not using your own to to have some counters after this. But if you take a look at Bastion compositions, for, for, for example, on squirt maps, they are only good for the first take of it because if you get the payload like far enough not to be able to go back to it, Bastion is only going to suck. So that is kind of a bias that can happen for defense and that's why hybrid, in my opinion, is the best. And the third point of hybrid too, like the spawns are so far away from the attackers, it's mm -hmm. essentially like taking assault, right? Yeah. You have to, yeah. again, take a really clean fight and everybody has to be alive because there's no way a stagger is going to get back to the team in time. So. Yeah. I do well, like I how love... we said everything. Though. Yeah. What's the most important aspect? Nobody them. thinks escort is hard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I actually love that. I love that you all had your different opinions and that's amazing. And I want to, unfortunately, we need to wrap this up. Uh, I am so grateful for all of you guys being here. This has been a phenomenal episode. We had a lot of, a lot of fun, a lot of laughs, a lot of take issues, but uh, hopefully we can get that sorted out once we get the VOD out. Uh, thank you again so much for being here. Thank you, Trinak, for being our producer for this evening, stepping in Crazy. when I usually... Uh, hell yeah. Capitano couldn't be here this evening, so Trinak stepped in. 
graciously. Uh, before we do the full send-off, I just want to remind everybody, European contenders, unfortunately, we, we had to record during the first game of European contenders, but the second game is starting in like 15 minutes, and it's going to be a good one, so you guys need to head on over there. Uh, as I mentioned, this is the second last week of playoffs. There's a lot of playoffs happening this week and next week. It's going to be really exciting, some really tough matches. The schedule is up on the Overwatch Contenders website, so guys, please go and check that out and be ready for the next episode because we will be discussing the teams that won, the teams that didn't make it, and uh, talking a little bit more about how and why that happened. So, yes, thank you once again for joining all of us. I hope you guys have had a fantastic start to 2019, and I look forward to the rest of the year with all of you. And once more, thank you to the guests. Uh, yeah, that's that's it from us. Bye, guys.